are live on the interwebs. Um, this is our second episode for the day, because why not do two in one day? I don't have anything better to do. And uh, we are here with Alyssa, and Alyssa is the amazing and fantastic executive director of Collins Hope. And Collins Hope was started uh, in memory and in inspired by uh, Colin Holst, who tragically drowned, and Alyssa can talk more about that. And uh, she has a, a fantastic background in all kinds of things. She's been an athlete ambassador for a, number, for a couple of different organizations. And she has a great history in swimming and uh, doing all kinds of you know marathons and races and also in, in marketing and is a huge advocate for water safety. And I, I just knew she would be the perfect person to be the fourth ever guest on the child safety resource. Um, so yeah, that's it. Hi, how's it going? Perfect. Hi. You know, in my world of racing, fourth means you're off the podium. So oh. darn, but that's okay. I'm going to get on the podium. On this <laughs> you can still be the best one ever, but Perfect. number four, right? Um, and, and today is the best day ever, right? It is. It is. As you can see, I like you'll that. hear that multiple times uh, during this interview. It is our mantra here at Collins Hope. You know, it's funny. I, I used to tell people, and I should probably get back on it, uh, when people would say, how you doing? I would respond that today is the best day of my life because, you know, every day gets a little bit better than the day before just by the sheer momentum of being alive and, you know, that every, everything's going well. So since every day is a little bit better than the day before it, every day you see me is the best day of my life. So Perfect. it kind of fits the, the best day ever mantra. Yeah. Well, for us, it was what Colin used to say every day. He used to say today was the best day ever. So in an effort to um, have a really positive spin on a very serious topic and honoring right. him and his legacy, that's that's kind of why we use it. So it's, it's perfect. It works. I love it. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I wanted to start with your your origin story. If you were a superhero, what would be your origin story? How did you get started? Kind of where did you come from? And what is the... Uh, the 90s to two minute version of, you know, you know, where you started to where you are now. Sure. Um, well, so me as a person, that's a, yeah, you, okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe my superpower is uh, powered by sunshine. I don't know. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good and all my life have been a real positive person and full of life. I think you used the word vibrant. I love that yeah. when I read that. And that's, that's probably a, a superpower and, and has been with me all my life, both my role in my family, as well as with friends. And now in the work that I do, um, I would I would say that my origin involved a lot of sunshine. I don't know if the sun was shining the day I was born, but I, I like to think it, it, it was. Um, and that's something that I always lean into is being positive, even in the most negative or troublesome situation is finding that silver lining, finding that ray of light to sort of lean into. And so I guess that I thread that through my personal life, through my work life, through whatever it is that I do, I try. That doesn't mean I'm also, I am a human. And so sometimes that superpower is not as sunshiny and that's okay. But um, that's probably, that would be probably what I would say to that question. That's a hard question to answer. It is. So, so how did you get started in life? You graduated high school, did you go to college? I graduated high school. I got my undergraduate at Mary Washington College in Virginia. I'm from outside the DC area. I played okay. soccer in college. Um, from there, I went and did a year as an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer, which is Volunteers in Service to America. Oh, wow. I spent a year in Ardmore, Oklahoma, working so, with 
so, uh, so, so what, I've never heard of that organization. So oh, what is that? Okay. Yeah. Well, so VISTA actually started in the 60s as one of the war on poverty programs. So like mm -hmm. you have the Peace Corps, um, which is a international two years of service. VISTA is a domestic service. So I spent a year, um, I had a living stipend, a very small living stipend. And I spent a year doing service in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I worked with a group called Communities and Schools and I served um, Indian children. So Native American children that came from about 30 different tribes across Oklahoma, but they lived in a boarding facility in Ardmore. And so I developed youth development programs, mentoring programs, tutoring programs, coached about five soccer teams, did brought, basically helped integrate the kids into the community that they lived in and helped also keep them connected to their culture because a lot of them had lost their Native American culture throughout their the story of their life. So I spent a year doing that. And then I went to work for General Colin Powell at an organization called America's Promise in DC. And that was about connecting communities with resources for children. I did that. And then I became, I moved to Dallas, Texas, and I uh, was an AmeriCorps recruiter. So I went around to colleges trying to get other young people to, and old, um, to do AmeriCorps, which is the pro one of the programs that I had done. So um, what, what, what yeah. made you move to Dallas? The job, it was a recruiter job and I had been, I was sick of the traffic around DC. Honestly, I don't like to sit in traffic. It's one of my things I feel as though it's a way to waste minutes of hours of your life each day and I don't want to do it. So I right. was looking for something new. And so I went to Dallas and then did that for a year, ended up in Austin uh, to speed it up a little bit, spent some time at the Texas Commission on Volunteerism and Community Service, which was um, funded all the AmeriCorps programs in Texas. So I got to come up, be, come at it from the other side, handing out the money and monitoring programs in different communities across Texas. And then I spent 10 years at Communities and Schools of Central Texas, which did dropout prevention. So we worked with kids who were struggling in school with academics, attendance and behavior. And a lot of the times those things were problems and issues because of things that were going on at home or issues around poverty. So I was there for 10 years and then uh, Colin Holst drowned and my daughter went to preschool with Colin. And so in June of 2008, I got a phone call from the director of the preschool where both Colin and my daughter Ella went to school. And he said, Alyssa, I know you work with social workers and counselors at your job. We had tragically, we had a student drown yesterday and our teachers need help can you send some counselors and some social workers over to debrief the teachers and work with them? So I did that. Um, and three months later, Colin's family started Colin's Hope. Now when Colin drowned, it was a wake up call for me as a parent of a small child that drowning was something I needed to even think about. I had never, I lived by the lake. Uh, we swim all the time. I'm a swimmer, <clears throat> I'm a triathlete. And my daughter, when she was two, could swim across the length of the pool. But I did not think that drowning was something that I needed to think about. And suddenly because uh, of Colin's drowning, I realized, wow, this is, this is something that I need to be plugged into as a parent and talk to my friends about, talk to um, whomever. And I, so I started when Colin's Hope started three months after Colin drowned, and this is our 10 year anniversary. So June 13th will be the 10 year anniversary of Collins drowning and August will be the 10 year anniversary of the formation of Collins Hope. And um, I immediately started volunteering for Collins Hope as uh, you know, I have a deep admiration for Jeff and Jana Holst, Collins parents, as do I have for all of the families that I now work alongside and warrior alongside with Families United to Prevent Drowning. Um, but I, they turned their tragedy into triumph and we're trying to use 
the worst tragedy the parent can face and turn it into something that saves lives. And I had to be a part of that. And so I was a volunteer for about two and a half years. And then they decided that they wanted to make an even bigger impact and they needed to hire a staff person. So they asked me if I would be the executive director, the first staff person for Collins Hope. And so I left my very stable job of 10 years and um, I have a history in you know nonprofit management. So this was, uh, I just gotten my master's in organizational leadership and ethics. And it was an opportunity to you know, help a startup organization become something bigger and brighter. And um, it was a good challenge for me. And it was a good time in my life. My daughter was in kindergarten. So I was able to have a different schedule where I could be available to go to things at school. So there was a lot of win-wins. Um, and I told myself, oh, I'll do this for five years. I'll, I'll do this. I'll get them onto a sustainable path. And seven and a half years later, here we are. And it is, um, I couldn't think about leaving this organization. We're small but mighty. We now have three staff people, myself, a program director and a program coordinator, 4,000 volunteers strong and um, many, many, many partners across Texas and beyond that really help us do our work every 365 days a year. So um, that's the sort of condensed version of, of I guess, my work life. Um, I never, I didn't know anything about water safety when I came on board at, with Collins Hope, but now I feel like I know more than I ever really wanted to know. Yeah. I know more stories that I carry with me every single day, and I feel like I do the work of those families and the work of not only honoring Colin, but honoring all of those families and the children that they've lost um, to drowning or the children that they have survived non-fatal drownings because that we work with those families as well. Um, something that I, before we get too far into this, I want to tell you why I'm wearing a life jacket. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So go okay. ahead. Well, because I spend all my days in a life jacket. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm actually wearing a life jacket because I, we work in partnership with the LV project, which is, um, in honor of Connor Gage, who is a 15 year old here in Texas who lost his life to a fatal drowning in a lake and he was not wearing a life vest. Um, and so um, the LV Project and the National Injury Prevention Council and in honor of two other boys in Texas, uh, Christopher Gregor and Jose Servin have launched a Dare to Wear One campaign during May, which is National Water Safety Month. And they're daring people to wear life jackets in situations that are not water related activities and then take their picture and use the hashtag dare to wear one on social media um, to really bring out the message that life jackets save lives, life jackets can be cool, um, and to challenge people to change their behaviors around water, and specifically in this case around wearing life jackets and wearing US Coast Guard approved life jackets. Um, there's another one behind me. Um, but so anyway, I wanted to support their dare to wear one campaign and challenge anyone who's who's watching or anyone who sees this to do that. Put on a life jacket, go somewhere fun and take your picture and then tag it on social media, whether that's uh, Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, whatever your social media platform is. So I will do this entire thing wearing my life jacket. It's quite comfortable actually. <laughs> and you know what, if you hold the sign up again. Okay. We can get a, like a screenshot and have that be your picture. I gotta, I gotta somehow figure out how to see it with my life jacket though. This is I hard can, with a little tiny camera. I don't it know. is. I get rid of your name. Make it, get that in the way. We'll bum, bum, bum. Hold on. If I were or, taller, it would work better. <laughs> I wish I was a little bit taller. Okay. 
Perfect. We'll there take a screenshot go. and that'll okay. be it. Okay. Oh, I got it. You do it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll so anyway, done with that commercial message, but that was for the LV project and NIPC and those boys. Awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. So tell me about your, uh, your surfboard. Oh, well, this is a wake surfboard. It's actually right. not mine. It belongs to someone who purchased it at our best day ever party auction, but it's okay. a local company, Tuk Tuk, and um, they designed it for us. And I actually got to create the design and pour the resin and help them make it. And That's really cool. um, it's the custom best day ever board. So it has to go to its home, but I needed a backdrop for this interview. So I thought, right. why not? Why yeah, not no, promote our partners here? And It's um, super, super cool. Yeah. And is it functional? Will they be able to use oh, it? Totally functional. It's a really high-end, awesome wake surf board. So these are our friends at Tuk Tuk Boards, local to Austin, Texas. Nice. Yeah. Um, out, out here, we have a local company called Nomad. They make surfboards. Nice. And, um, and it was started by a guy named uh, Ronnie Heaviside. And actually, he passed away like a week ago. And his sons have taken over the uh, the business. Oh, wow. And they're local legends down here in South Florida. They, uh, they're a little surf shop. It's been around for like 30 years. And it's cool. Super Maybe cool. we can commission commission them to do a uh, best they, ever board. They would love that. They would totally oh. do that. Yeah, I would All totally right. love. And, and and behind you again, um, the, the yellow oh. light fest. Okay, so the yellow, and I don't want to move it because it may fall off the couch here, but this <laughs> is, um, well, let me, I'll talk about this guy later. Yeah, please. But this is um, from our friends at TRC, which is another Texas company. And this is actually the remembering Wyatt Dale, um, they're a, par a partner of ours here in Texas and uh, Wyatt's grandmother uh, does a lot of life jacket distribution because they lost Wyatt to a, a lake drowning. Um, and TRC is our local company has made these um, life vests and they distribute them. So I figured I'd have it in the picture and um, give a little support to them as well. No, they're great. And I, I wanna, like I was saying kind of before we got started, I, I wanna get a hold of them because when the child safety store launches in a month, I definitely want to make sure I'm carrying their life vests because uh, they're, they're, they're really good. Soft. They're super soft. That is their main message, right? And and they're child sized, which is hard to find. Yes, they're uh, they have a bunch of different sizes. So even more than the standard, like standard life right. jackets have infant, child, youth, and then go up into adult sizes. And they have right. um, multiple different even more sizes um because right. life jackets are actually it can be complicated to find the right fit and the right size and that's a big right. thing when you're and, choosing and a life jacket so they're proper. especially because infants can be all kinds of different sizes so it's yes. uh it's nice to have so options uh, options are good so so tell me what collins hope is up to right now what you guys have going on what's uh sure. what's exciting and new Okay, uh, there is something exciting and new every single day here at Collins Hope. It's Maybe. National Water Safety Month, so we have a page on our on our website, which is CollinsHope.org, that focuses on um, some some initiatives during National Water Safety Month. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do is get people to change their. We have a Facebook profile frame that you can change your profile picture to. It says May is National Water Safety Month, and you'll hear. I saw that. It's very cool. Yeah, and then Colin's dad created that, and you'll hear yes. me talk about. Um, and I'm going to try to show this being a water guardian. It's kind of mm -hmm. our campaign that we are using on pretty much everything that we do this year, um, challenging people to be a water guardian, meaning, um, you know, obviously the we have these, we distribute 75,000 of these water safety cards each year wow. in both English and in Spanish. Um, and they have uh, water safety tips on the front 
they have on the back, uh, it's hard to see, but you can see it's a letter from Colin's parents. And so it's okay. a Colin story. Um, the statistic that shows that children under five are at the greatest, highest risk of, of drowning. It's that stat that um, drowning is the number one cause of unintentional injury related death for children under five. And Colin right. was four. So that's really our target. We work with every age group, but that's our target. Um, and then here's what's so cool. You may have seen, um, you know, water watcher tags or things like that. This is our version of that. And this little piece here breaks out of the side and there's a coil wristband and we use volunteers to attach 75,000 of these every wow. year. Um, and we challenge people to be a water guardian, appoint an adult who is the water guardian when you're in near or around water, who's actually watching the water. Their eyes are on the water. They're not distracted. They're not on their phone. They're not checking Facebook. They're not engaged in conversation. They're not drinking. They're actually watching the water because as you know, but other people might not know, drowning is fast and drowning is silent. And so if you're watching the water, you can see um, a child get into trouble. You can see if a child falls in, you can see if they're struggling. Um, you may not hear, hear anything. So if you're engaged in a conversation or not looking, um, you can miss uh, a drowning as it's happening. So we challenge people to be a water guardian. That's both being a water guardian when you're at the water. And then we also have an online water safety quiz, which I'll challenge you, Eric, right now, if you haven't taken it. Um, I have taken it. Okay. It's yeah. on our website and it's 10 questions, everything from don't leave a child unattended in the bathtub to how to get out of a rip current. And you can't fail it. When we were developing the quiz, I took a lot of online quizzes and I didn't like the ones where they actually gave you a score. And if you didn't do well, it's sort of shaming and we didn't want to shame anyone. We want to educate people. So if you get a question wrong, it'll throw you a ring buoy as a hint and it with a hint. And then if you get it wrong a second time, it'll just pat, give you the right answer and pass you on to the next question. At the end of the quiz, you can share it on social media and you can also put in your, we track by zip code, um, how, where people are, where people have taken the quiz. And so far, I haven't looked at it in the last couple of days, but we're getting close to 6,000 people that have taken it in at least 29 different countries, which is pretty awesome. We had, amazing. I mean, we've had someone ask us, if we, it's in English and Spanish right now. We had someone ask if we could translate it into Estonian. I don't know. I don't particularly have the ability to do that. So if anybody does, um, <laughs> but it's just a free way to raise people's water safety knowledge levels and get them talking about water safety. And so um, any anyone that we can send to take that quiz is we're focused on kind of getting that word out and and working, um, working on that and getting people just to talk about water safety. Um, so during May, again, we have a page on our on our website. We actually have a partnership. We're asked to be partners in a campaign with FCB Health, which they are trying to bring attention to the signs, and I'm gonna see if I can talk about this very simply because it's a very complicated conversation, but you may have seen in the media stories about delayed drownings and secondary drownings and dry drownings and a lot of yeah. media hype and hysteria is created among people about those terms. And we're trying to work with FCB Health who wanted to bring awareness to the signs and symptoms of um, the drowning that occurs after leaving the water and so we worked with them and they have a website, notoutofthewater.com up and also working with Dr. Justin Semsprat, who is um, a very well-respected doctor who is really trying to bring awareness to people to stop using those 
terms and really focus on um, what to look for when any water-related incident happens where there are symptoms immediately and then the symptoms can continue after leaving the water. So look for more on that. Um, we've got, uh, they've got a website, notoutofthewater.com and it links to our website to then talk about general water safety because that's something that we really wanna keep people focused on also is what you can do, simple things that you can do to change your behaviors around water. Because if we change our behaviors around water, we talk about drowning as something that we all do actually need to think about, then we will reduce the numbers of um, drownings. I mean, I know here in Texas, we're up over 20 fatal drownings of children this year already. Um, and non-fatal drownings, it's estimated that there are five to six times as many non-fatal drownings for every fatal drowning. And you know, in some cases, the fa the non-fatal drownings result with no injury, and we're lucky, and it's a miracle, and nothing happens. And in other cases, um, non-fatal drownings result in lifelong, you know, brain injuries and lifelong challenges for both the child and their family. And we've had a number of those here in Texas that it's just heartbreaking to to watch um, as families live with that for um, forever. So. That's, you know, this is, we're just trying to get people talking and get people realizing that drowning prevention and water safety is something that they do, it does, they do need to think about it. It's it's not something that somebody else needs to think about. We all need to think about it. Yeah, I mean, Jessica Curtis and I uh, talked this morning a little bit about the, uh, the dry drowning, secondary drowning um, craze, if you will. And we put out a, a blog post a couple of weeks ago on how it's not, it's not really a thing, you know, it's it's kind of this uh, invented, um, you know, it's, it's just misinformation right. that's been, you know, taken by storm. You know, one person published it and they were incorrect in how they described it and then it and got it picked up by, and because, because it's terrifying, right? The idea yes. that, you know, your kid looks fine and then an hour later drops dead is a really scary message. So right. that's and that's uh, not actually the and actually I wish that I had Justin sitting here, Dr. Right. right next to me, because this morning we had a really good conversation. I said, you need to give the elevator speech because this is really right. hard. And yeah. um, I'm gonna hopefully get him and maybe you can get him on to give I would love that to. elevator yeah. speech because he um, he knows he knows what he's saying. And he, what he was telling me this morning is that, you know, just like and I say this to people all the time, just like if you have a if you hit your head and you think you might have a concussion, like go to sure. the doctor, take your right. time. You know, I know I'm a competitive athlete and I've had multiple concussions throughout my history as a soccer player and now as an off-road triathlete. And mm -hmm. you go and you get you're on concussion watch and you get checked out. And, and that's the same thing that Justin was saying. Like if you, you know, choke on water, you sputter on water and it continues and there's and it then then you need to go and get it checked out and better safe than sorry and be on awareness for, you know, they'll keep you at the ER for, he said, I believe two to four hours. And, um, and then, it, and then other things may surface. And he was saying in some of those stories that are put out as dry drownings or secondary drownings, it was actually not a drowning. It was something else that occurred. Um, and, and I would let him speak on, on all of that. So have him on, but um, it is something that we struggle, the people that are working in drowning prevention 365 days a year to get people talking about just simple things every day that they can do and to get that 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 dry drowning hysteria hijacks the messaging that we're trying to push out. And it's really like controlling people's fears around that. I mean, 
we shouldn't be afraid to get in the water and go swimming. We shouldn't be afraid to put our kids in swim lessons um, because we're because of that. It, it's it's a very tiny percentage of you know that that happened. But when you see it go hysterical in the media or on social media or whatever, it's it is sort of trying to demystify that for people is what is one of the things that we've been actually working on over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to battle the mommy blogger who puts it out and it goes crazy. You know, I'm a mommy myself. And, you know, as a parent, you get, you know, panicked about certain things. And so we want people to get educated about, you know, what they need to look for and what they could, what they need to do. And then also just talk about if you're watching, you know, the basic thing, if you're watching kids around water, you'll see if something happens and you can respond to it immediately. So, yeah. And you know, I remember a few months ago, I think it kind of hit its peak, but, you know, thankfully people like you and, you know, we've tried to do our part and all of the other, you know, water safety uh, folks in the community have done a really good job of trying to combat that. And it seems like the pendulum is starting to swing back the other way where, you know, people are learning that, you know, dry drowning and secondary drowning isn't really a thing. Um, there was that great article put out by that nurse. I'm not sure if you've read it. Um, it it's amazing, but the, the title is, um, something along the lines of dry drowning isn't real. Like there's no such thing as dry drowning. And she's an RN, an emergency yeah. room RN. And she she breaks down the science of it and, you know, goes step by step on how um, dry drowning isn't, you know, isn't a thing. The, um, the other article by Dr. Semsprat is really, really good one too. I haven't read, I haven't read that one or maybe I have, but. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the comments when we're done. It's fantastic. It's so good. Okay. Um, she does a great job of, of explaining it. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, I think finally, you know, it, it took a second, but we're starting to do a good job of, yeah. you know, uh, educating people on the, you know, correct side. But it is hard once the cat is out of the bag, so to uh. speak, you know, to, to grab the genie by the tail and re-educate all those people who read a headline and got scared and right. have now moved on with their lives, right? Who aren't in water safety all the time. Right, right. So yep. Redirecting, redirecting them to the basics, and you know right. that's the kind of stuff that we have on the water safety card and on our website. Um, I don't think you can probably see this, but the the little icons are each of our water safety tips, the layers of protection, and on our website you can click on each of those icons and it goes into in depth information on each one. So if you want a little bit of information, you can go on the website and get it. If you want deeper information and articles and links and all of that on anything in particular, you can do that. We worked really hard on our website for an entire year to try to make sure that the content was helpful, make sure that it was um, correct and that we linked to other things that were um, really good resources and not recreate the wheel. So for you know, example, it's on the wear life jackets one, we have a link to, I think it's the US Boating Council on how to properly fit a life jacket. It's a video. We didn't need to do our own video. We can lean on the people that are, that's their wheelhouse. So um, you know, I challenge people to go take the water safety quiz, to go on our website and dig around and find answers and really educate yourselves. Um, about what you can do to be part of this solution. Because I really do feel like if we can get people realizing that A, they need to be part of the solution. This is not a, something where they're like, that's somebody else's, that's for somebody else. That message is for somebody else. That's not for me. Because if you ask any of the families that we work with, and I'm gonna stand up for a second. Yeah. Um, and I have our not one more cards, story cards. Yeah. And if you ask- I, I love those. 
if you ask any of the families that are part of the Families United to Prevent Drowning um, collective, they didn't think that this was they didn't think this was their story either. They didn't think they were going to lose or almost lose their children. And that's something that I know that we struggle with all the time when I talk to, to parents is they'll be like, oh, my child knows how to swim or, oh, that that's not us or, oh, my kids are older. And, you know, I had an interview with a middle school student yesterday who chose um, water safety as her project. And so oh, cool. I went and talked to her and it was really fantastic to get to sit with a young person for an hour and, and she was a swimmer. So it was something she was passionate about. And I shared some of the not one more stories with her and specifically the ones of the older children. So of Drennan, who was a competitive swimmer and of, um, <clears throat> of uh, Con Connor and, and told her those stories. And at the end of the interview, I asked her, I said, well, tell me, what did you learn in this? I hope I gave you enough information for your presentation, but what, what did you learn and what was impacting to you? And she said, honestly, when you see the stories and you see the faces and you see the kids, it's so much more real and, and it's really impacting. And I said, well, you're right, because those are the families and those are the kids that, you know, we're honoring with this work and their families have been courageous enough to share their stories so that we can save lives. Um, but I really think it's, this is the getting the message, water safety messaging out to everyone is huge in any which way we can, whether it's a webcast or a Facebook post or an Instagram post or pounding the pavement at community presentations and things like that. It's gonna take all of us continuing to do this work together 365 days a year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was talking to Jessica this, this morning, you know, she had said she didn't think this could happen to her. You know, she was one of the parents who didn't think drowning was something that happened to you. Right. And and obviously now she she regrets that. And, um, you know, I was asking her and I would actually pose the same question to you. It's it's interesting how we properly, I think, assess the threat of, say, cars, right? Yeah. You can't leave, if you have a baby, you can't leave the hospital without a car seat, right? Right. Uh, you would you never put an infant into a car without a car seat. You always make sure your kids have seat belts. Um, if they're on a bicycle, you make sure they have a helmet. You would never leave a gun out on a counter. I mean, right. or even in a house with kids for that matter. It's gotta be in a safe, you know, we, and all these other areas, um, you know, we make sure that we have proper safety precautions, but more kids drown than die in car accidents. Um, a child is over 100 times more likely to die in a swimming pool than be killed by a firearm. Um, and, you know, there's way more kids to drown than die in bicycle accidents, but we don't seem to have the same level of- Urgency. Not, not fear, urgency. you know, respect, you know, urgency yeah. when it comes to the pool. You know, if, if I, you know, go to my friend's house and they've got, well, I would, but if most people go to, you know, their friend's house and they see that they've got little kids in a pool and it doesn't have a fence around it, you know, they don't freak out the same way they would if they saw, you know, infant in a car without a car seat. Um, right. Even though statistically, they're way more likely to drown in the pool. Right. Um, so I, I, why do you think that we don't have the same reaction to water safety as right. we do car safety and bike safety and all these other things? I think it's time. 
So right. for example, like I'll be 44 next month and I know mm -hmm. that the way that car seats were thought of when I was a child was very different than how they are now. Sure. Um, and same thing with bike helmets. I mean, you've seen things progressively, cultural norms changing. And I think that we're getting there with, um, same thing with seatbelts, seatbelts in cars. I mean, it's, it's taken through the years those things didn't used to be like a long time ago, 50 years ago, there wasn't, right. you know, car seats. the whole yeah. car seat or, thing. Or, so, or seatbelts even, seatbelts, seat yeah. Or bike, right, right. bike helmets. And now there is. So I feel like we're actually on the cusp of changing the cultural norms. And I talk a lot about that um, when I do presentations uh, to, to anyone, to families, to kids, to lifeguards, is talking about that creating a culture of water safety and changing the norms around it. So for example, the life jackets, let's use that because I'm gonna right. channel Dana Gage of the LV Project, Connor's mom right now. And she wants you know life jackets on lakes, like seatbelts in cars or helmets on bikes, right? And that's, I think, gonna take time. I think it's a thing where you have to, like my daughter, just turned 13 two days ago. And um, she knows that she has to wear a life jacket when she's in open water. And when she's on, we went paddling on on her um, Sunday and she had a life jacket on and she knows not to argue with me. She still wants to argue with me, but it's, um, I tell her, I'm like, if you wear it and your friends see you wearing it and then they'll wear it and it's, you're, we're gonna change pe change the way that people think about it one person at a time. And I think that's where we're moving with water safety. I think we're starting to be loud enough with the national conversation. And I went to the Global Drowning Prevention Conference in Vancouver this year and was able to see what's happening in other parts of the world. And I really do feel like this is, this is we're gonna see over the next few years, I'm very hopeful that we're gonna see water safety get closer to where we are with car safety or bike safety. Um, I'm on the board for Safe Kids Austin here, and we talk about all kinds of injury, childhood injury prevention, and um, you know, safe sleep, safe bikes, safe pedestrians, safe cars, all that stuff. And I really do see water safety becoming more of a norm of the conversation. And I think that is where it has to just keep going. And as we're able to raise kids that have this culture of water safety or that get water safety education very early, then we will start that, you know, those kids are gonna age up. Those kids are gonna age and, and become parents. And one of the things that I strongly, you asked what Collins Hope was doing and that I, I wanna talk a little bit about is something that we really strongly believe in. So Colin was four and I've said the stat about under you know under five being the highest risk so we have developed a preschool curriculum for out of the water water safety and i'll just show you this is like the miniature version of what preschool teachers get and it's a big hand and it's the whole hand rules and it's got these you know preschool friendly velcro things and we teach kids little kids who are four um, preschool and kindergartners basic water safety rules. So they're very simple. Um, we looked at a lot of different things that were out there and wanted to find something that was really simple. Kids understand the, the rules, they understand a hand, they understand um, simple simple directions. So for example, the first rule is like, wait for a grown-up. Don't go to the water without asking permission and you wait for a grown-up, simple. Second one is learn how to swim, how important it is to learn how to swim and learn how to float on your back and learn how to get back to the side if you fall in. The third one is about wearing life jackets. And we talk about like, what is a life jacket? What does it look like? How does it fit? It should fit tight like a hug. It's not water wings and those things. Um, the fourth one is grown-ups should be watching you.
and that's another goes kind of back to the way for a grown up. But it's we challenge kids to respectfully tell their adults, hey, you're not watching me. You need to be watching me. Please keep your eyes on me. I mean, we're talking to this younger kids to get them growing up with this different culture of water safety. And then the well, last I, I mean, one, it, yeah. And that works. I, I remember coming home and learning about, you know, turning off lights or, you know, yeah. environmental stuff yep. in and first grade and, yep. and coming home and telling my mom like, hey, you're not shutting the lights off. You're not recycling. You're not, you know, doing right. the stuff you're supposed to be. So that, you know, making kids accountable for their parents, it works. Really and does. help and helping them. Oh, and I've gotten Facebook messages from people that are like, "You told my child to tell me to get off my phone when they're at the pool." I'm like, "You're right, I did." Sure, sure did. Yeah, definitely, um, I did. Yeah. You know? And then the last one that we talked to them about is staying away from drains because with our okay. alongside yeah. our friends at the Zach Foundation and Abby's Hope um, Drain Entrapment and staying away from drains. And for kids, it's very simple: just stay away from the drains. Each of our right. each of our little lessons have hand motions and songs, and it's all preschool appropriate. But when you we talk about raising kids that are um, have better water safety behaviors, and so we just decided we were going to start and and just pound the pavement. You see this guy right here, and he's in the process of being created. But this is our new Colin character that will go alongside the curriculum, and he's not really out yet. So this is just a draft. But we felt like we you know we wanted someone who would talk to kids, and we tested it out with my coworker's little baby, and he was so infatuated with with Colin and and Colin has a sidekick who's a seal who I don't have a picture of him but we're really working on talking to kids and helping raise up that culture of kids to be more water safety aware and um, <clears throat> and then we also talk to parents I mean that the nature of our water safety cards and our website and our water safety quiz is then getting to the parents and saying hey we, we need to educate the kids and then we also need to educate the parents and together we can create that you know, that safety net. And that's, that's, that's where we're focused. I mean, this is um, 10 years of doing this work and 10 years of finding out, you know, getting people's attention and, and doing it in Colin's honor and doing it in a way that, you know, again, the whole best day ever thing, you know, we, um, as an organization, we love the water. I love the water. I, I have a mermaid tattoo, which is probably the <laughs> thing. Like this is, we love the water. We want people to love the water, but we right. want them to learn how to be safer around water. And that's really what all, all that we're about. It's very simple. And we will partner with, we have so many partnerships and I love partnerships because we were able to reach so many more people and we're able to, um, we have a partnership right now with Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. And I'm really proud of that partnership because it allows us to go statewide and we're small but mighty, we're a small organization, um, but we're going into communities across Texas working alongside DFPS to take our um, preschool curriculum to train home visitors that go into homes and work with families around safety things. And so we just have trained, we'll be trained 360 home visitors this year to reach close to 10,000 families in their homes wow. with water safety. Those, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing. Par partnerships that Collins Hope has and is building. We have lots of tiny little ones and then we have lots of bigger ones. Um, and I, I think that that is how working together, we're gonna, we're gonna get this and we are really can. I do believe that we can change the norms of water safety and, and cultural norms. And, and that is what's gonna take the numbers down. 
I mean, we have a vision of a world where no child drowns. We have a we have a big bold goal of ending drowning in Central Texas by 2023. Um, and I will say, I don't even want to say it out loud, but I will say it because um, I don't want to jinx myself. But but in Central Texas, so far this year, uh, we have not had a fatal drowning yet, and that is awesome. And we want to keep, you know, we want to keep expand keep that going throughout the summer because it's just already 90 degrees here. But um, I do feel like together, working together, we can we can turn the tide on this. It's a global epidemic, but we can do it. And I, I love how you're doing it from a, a cultural norm perspective yep. and a, and a multi-generational way of doing it, because I think that's the heart of it, right? Is yep. if you can start training uh, young minds into realizing how important this is and start you know, changing how we think about water and how we think about water safety and how we perceive the, you know, the pool. And I think if we can start there, you know, you can see long-term effects. And, you know, the short thing, the short-term things we do for educating parents and, you know, adding layers of protection, all that is super necessary. But I think the work you're doing um, on a long-term scale, on a larger scale is, is really important. I don't think there's enough people doing it either. So yeah. um, I'm glad well, that you guys exist because it's, it's really fantastic. Thank you, because I'll tell you what, prevention work is really difficult. I mean, you sure. can, I can distribute 75,000 pieces of educational material and I know that we're impacting people with our messaging, but you don't see the ones that you prevent. Right, it's, it's hard, you don't, hard to you don't know. that. How many yeah. lives did we save? I don't know with that. Right. You know, okay. we are preschool program, we know with, because we evaluate it and with statistical significance, we know that we raise kids' water safety knowledge levels. And because there's a swim lesson portion that goes alongside it, um, we know that they're improving their swimming skills and we know we're educating parents. And so we have to just keep doing those things, keep doing more of those things, keep, again, like you said, we've we talked to a lot of grandparents too. And so it's like, I actually love doing the, um, you know, the young children, the parents, and then the grandparents, because I'll tell you what, you know, grandparents right now have even a different thing about association with water or understanding about, you know, the need for barriers and, and things like that. Because, you know, 70 years ago, it was even more different than it was 50 years ago or whatever. Right. So yeah. that whole cultural thing is really an interesting phenomenon. If we don't work the entire spectrum, it's, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna move the needle. And, and I mean, that's really what we're, we're wanting to do. So thank you for acknowledging that because it's a very strategic approach um, for us. And again, we're small. I mean, we're three staff people and we're, we're bigger than we were 10 years ago, which was all volunteer and we're bigger than, um, than we were a year ago, but we're still, you know, trying to leverage every resource we can and every partnership we can and every collaboration to, to get more people listening, so. No, and you know, it's funny, people ask me all the time, you know, how many lives we've saved with pool fencing, same right. idea. You know, we've installed tens of thousands of pool fences throughout the country and in the, you know, the 15 countries we're in in the last 30 years. And you know, how many kids have you saved? And I mean, there's no way to know, right? Right. Um, I know that no kid has drowned with one of our fences. Um, I know that, so, I mean, I imagine that, I'm some sure of those kids some sort of statistical yeah. calculation that I am not smart enough to know. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's a tough thing to figure out. You know, who would have drowned if you hadn't done something? Right. Um, but but you got it. Just like you, you know, I got to know that it's making a difference. There's yeah. no way 
you can install that many layers of protection in that many homes and someone hasn't been saved, that would be that would be statistically impossible, in right. my opinion. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So well, thank you for the work that you're doing because again, thank it's you. gonna take it's gonna take the people in the pool industry. Um, mm -hmm. I know that's a group that we've really started working with, whether it's pool service maintenance providers or pool and builders. They've and they've really come around. You know, when oh. we first when we first came in business 30 years ago, pool builders and pool service guys, mostly pool builders didn't want anything to do with water safety or pool right. safety or pool fence. You know, we were kind of the redheaded stepchild of the industry. You know, the uh, the idea of telling a prospective uh, pool customer that your kid might drown in this thing I'm trying to sell you um, was, you know, they thought it would hurt right. their business. Right. Uh, but now that, you know, pool safety is so prevalent, they've figured out that owning it is better than trying to ignore it. And right. if they add it to their business and make it a part of what they do, they can actually overcome objections that parents might already have, and it might actually help their business to be thinking about safety, you know, the whole way through. Right. So it, it's a it's a radical, it's a cultural shift, like you talked about. Exactly. Um, that's occurred, and I think it's for the for the benefit of of parents and consumers and pool owners. So it's it's really nice that there's been this uh, this change in thinking from the the pool industry side. Well, and I and I love to see that because we have multiple local pool service companies. Um, that we work alongside and and we we've I go speak to their service techs and and tell them and and I will credit Jeremy Smith um, mm -hmm. to for who I know you know for for yeah. saying this because he, I, I channel him every time I talk to pool service guys and gals is that the, the ability that they have to impact a family because they're in their backyard um, and they're able to see behaviors that could be potentially dangerous. So they're able to see things like gates that don't latch or um, you know, toys in the pool or all the things that that pool service techs see. And I spent a year cleaning pools, helping yeah. out a friend. And part of the reason that I did that was to help out a friend. And part of it was because I wanted to see people's behaviors in their backyards so that I could better talk to people and say, hey, you know, that big giant Shamu thing you have in the pool, super fun, but like get it out of the pool and get it away from the pool. You know, like the baby right. carriage that's right by the pool that you just forgot to bring in, like that's a distractor for a child to go towards the pool and things like that. And so the, the power of pool service folks and what they can do to raise their customers' awareness levels and make their pools more fun too, um, is huge. And I think that's, we've, we've joined hands and arms and whatever with, um, with so many pool industry folks, because I, I believe that, again, it's that more people with this message and we give them water safety cards and they distribute them to their customers. And we've worked with um, Latham Pool Products and CoverStar, which are big companies. And with, um, they have some of our water safety cards with their logo on them, they paid for them and they give those to every time they sell a product, they give those out. And it, it shows, I think it shows their customers that they care. And so, and, and influences them with positive messaging. So we are at Collins Hope, we're trying to be you know, small and use every resource and multiply our resources with partnerships and reach just as many people as we can with as many, the same message, drowning is fast, drowning is silent, drowning is preventable. Here's simple things you can do. And we've put the tools on this website for you or on this card, um, but just help us get it out there. And that's, yeah. you know. I'm actually, I'm teaching a little uh, pool safety for pool guys class tomorrow. We're giving out 
you know, free coffee at this little local oh, breakfast awesome. place. And we've invited all the local pool guys there to, and, and you know, the pitch was kind of, you know, if, uh, if a parent comes to you and asks you as the pool expert, you know, how do I protect my pool? Do right. you know what to say? You know, do you know the, what I call the 5.5 layers of protection? You know, do you know, you know, the advice to give them on how to make their pool a safer place for children? Yeah. And if you don't, you know, are you liable if you tell them the wrong info? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we you know, That's had this awesome. idea a couple weeks ago and it's, it's tomorrow actually, we'll see how many people show up, hopefully at least one. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, that's yeah. one, even if just one yeah. shows up, what's one, the one person or the more people, yeah. I think a lot more, but challenge yeah. them to go take our water safety quiz too. Cause I will. Um, you can and, create yourself a little hashtag like lifesaver or something, uh, whatever you want to call it. And then we'll be able to track, uh, in the, on our water guardian wall who, nice. who came, yeah, I can track it by zip code too. But, nice. um, but also, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I, I'm, I'm, su- I'm super, I'm super council. I was so, gonna say I'm I'm super real quick. I'm super jealous of your oh, quiz, by the way. Um, oh. I really I really wish I had thought of that first. I saw it and I was like, oh, that is good. Like, well, do you want to hear a really quick story of the quiz because it's really kind of cool? So I yeah, wanted I this. I wanted the quiz, and we yeah. got in Austin. We're a very tech savvy city, sure. and so mm-hmm. they had um, basically what was it called? It, it was. Um, was it South by Southwest? Yeah, no, or? no, 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 no. It was um, um, spacing. What it was called, but it's like a, basically a hackathon. And so okay, yeah. we created the. I created the content for the quiz alongside experts in each quiz, you know, question area. And then we basically had a team of tech guys and gals, and they were sequestered in their office building for 24 hours, and they created all the back end of the code, the code and all that stuff that I don't know anything about. And they created the quiz for us, and then we, you know, bumped it over onto our website and launched it. And so that was like a, probably a very expensive project that did not cost any money for us other than the hosting on the site and the, the stuff on our website, because we involved you know, these tech guys and gals and they banged it out over, you know, a 24 hour period. It was amazing. And that's been my, that was an, an idea I had. And then it just sort of surfaced. And again, we use in, any innovative thing that we can, we grab on, on hold of and try to figure out how to get it out. So I, I, I you can be jealous of it, but now you can just help us share it. How about that? And then you didn't have to mm-hmm. do the work behind it. Right. No, I love it. It's a great thing. So you, you were going to talk about the National Injury Council? Prevention Council. Council. Yeah. yeah. So we, you were talking about backyard pools. So Kim Hodges with NIPC, um, Kim lost her son, Brandon, to a backyard pool drowning. And she uh, had created the, a backyard pool checklist, safety checklist. And uh, we worked on revising it with her. And in Texas, we've got O'Neill's Pools here in Austin that has we trained all of their service techs to go do this checklist checklist and it covers it's basically a um, the pool service tech goes in and and for a customer and it's free of charge and it's it's not an inspection it's just a checklist of going through different safety things looking at the gates looking at the fence looking at the um, you know safety things there's some general water safety questions and the pool service tech does the the checklist and goes over it with the customer and the homeowner and just educates them on some things that they may need to do um, to make their backyard pool safer. And that's something that I'm really proud of. And I'm proud of for NIPC for getting it out there. Kim's been training people in Arizona and across the country um, with that, with that program. So again, it's just that getting as many people to be talking about this and working alongside each other is awesome. That's really cool. And 
Um, I would love to have her on too, actually. That yeah. sounds great. You well, know. and she's behind the, um, another commercial message, the Dare to Wear yeah. one. And they nice. just released a PSA that is actually on YouTube and I can get you the link. And it's um, basically tells, it's three uh, groups of high school boys talking about how they lost their friends to drownings because their friends oh, wow. weren't wearing life jackets. So it's Connor Gage's friends, Chris Gregor Gregor's friends, and Jose Servin's friends. And they're now the boys are high school and college age, but they lost their high school age friends, best friends to drownings. And um, it's a really powerful PSA and um, NIPC and the LV project and Collins Hope and uh, Chris Gregor fund are behind getting that out. And that's something that I'll share it with you because it's a great, it's a great, it's, it's pretty difficult to watch because you're watching high school boys talking about, you know, losing their friends to, to something that could have been prevented with a life jacket. So, right. Yeah. There's some great PSAs out there. The, uh, the Abby's hope one. Recently mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Was, the water watchdog. That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty epic and hard to is. watch. I think they it did is. that. They, I think they produced that last year, and I remember I saw it again the other day. But it's pretty. It's a really awesome one. It's fantastic. It is hard to watch, but it's really, really good. Yeah. So, so what if there? I mean, I'm sure there's a, a few things, but if there was something you think that would have helped Colin, what what would it have been? Um, certainly, the water guarding appoint appoint an adult who's watching. Um, so, you know, Paul, Colin drowned in a lifeguarded pool. And, I, you know, I know that with family and friends around and a busy pool and everything bad that could have happened did. And, you know, I know, again, it's back to that kind of cultural norm changing. I know when I was a kid, I would get dropped off, not when I was four, but when I was older, you know, at the pool and I would spend the whole day at the pool and the lifeguards right. were the babysitters for, you know, we were, you know, early, you know, 11, 12, that kind of age. But right. I think people changing the norm and people's thoughts around um, when you go to a lifeguarded pool that you're still part as an adult, as a caregiver, as a parent, you are watching your own children. Um, lifeguards have a very difficult job and it is very difficult very. to watch all the water and to see all the things and to um, have that job. And I train lifeguards quite often. And I asked an 18, a group of 18 year old lifeguards, like, what was, what's one thing that you would like me to share with parents and with kids that may come to your pool? Um, and they said, please tell people that we're not babysitters. We're trained to rescue, but parents need to watch. And that in is probably why we go with the water guardian um, as our primary message, be a water guardian, watch kids around water, keep them in arm's reach. Um, and, and certainly that's, you know, that probably would have changed things in, in Colin's situation and in a lot of the families that we work with. And so we, you know, we, and the not one more cards, you gotta figure out where they were. If I look at um, Colin's card and we did these strategically where it has the story and the picture on the front, and on the back um, is a message from the family. And we have this little talk thing, talk bubble. Mm -hmm. And in that talk right. bubble, we asked each family to write the one thing that they feel would have prevented the drowning from happening. And on Collins, it says, always appoint a water guardian to watch children, even when a lifeguard is present. So um, to answer your question, I think the water guardian thing um, and more adults watching and would have, you know, would be our primary message. And, you know, we're, we're now turning turning the tragedy into triumph and just really trying to get people to change their behaviors and behaviors are hard to change i mean really, they are they are so, so when you appoint a water guardian or a water watcher 
is it for the entire session? Do oh, they, good do, question. Okay. Is so it every, every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes? So I usually I'm, say every 15 minutes, but. I'm going to actually stop. break out the Water Guardian badge from our yeah. little thing here and we'll do a little demonstration. Okay. So Hello. the Water Guardian badge. So what we say is, is have one of these Water Guardian tags and whoever right. is the adult on duty, um, mm -hmm. you know, typical lifeguard shifts are 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So right. that there, seems there, like a good yeah, and they're and they're tra they're trained professionals, obviously, you know. Right. So but, so yeah. I mean I don't know. Say let's pretend we're at a pool party because sure. backyard pool parties are my worst nightmare now. Um, right. <laughs> Mine too. So say, yeah. so say you're at a pool party and you have ten kids in the pool and a gaggle of adults there. Fifteen minutes. What about pointing a fifteen-minute session and that person wears the water guardian badge and they know it's a signal that they're on duty, they're watching the water, and in 15 minutes they say, Hey, you know, Eric, you're on duty, and right. physically transfer the water guardian badge to the next person, and they're on duty for 15 minutes. Yep. And someone's always watching. I mean, 15 minutes, you can do anything for 15, make it 10. I don't know. Whatever, right, yeah. whatever is doable for for the adults that are there. Um, but that is a way that you never get your eyes off the water and you see if something happens. And that's, you know, again, drowning is fast, drowning is silent, drowning is preventable, right? So if we're watching and we're seeing things and we've got kids in arm's reach, you know, I will never forget this. So we distribute again, 75,000 of these every year. And again, it's that whole thing of like, are we reaching people? Do are people doing right. this? Someone sent me a, texted me a picture a couple summers ago, and it was of a person sitting in a lawn chair at the edge of a pool, and they had this on their wrist. And I did the happy dance. I mean, it was like, thank you. We, people are listening. And it's, it's a, you know, and the kids see it. And then they know, too, that, hey, you know, and again, it's that whole educating the kids to say, hey, who's the water guardian? Who's the water guardian? And I'll say, this will be my message to parents. Like if your kid is going to a pool party at the end of school, because we're about to have that or Memorial Day or whatever, please ask questions. Please call the parents where your child is going and ask, right. will there be adults watching the water? Are there lifeguards going to be on duty? And are there going to be water guardians, adults in addition to lifeguards? Because that is something that a lot of people don't think about. I mean, there's no. a lot of people that don't, even this has not crossed their mind. Great, a pool party. That's so great. So much fun. Yay. Right. And right. and of course. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll ask if the food is, you know, if there's right. Who's bringing the pizza? Or the, is there a yeah. guy in the food? Is there whatever? Yeah. But right. ask the questions. Ask the questions. Are there going to be adults watching the water at all times? How many adults? You know, do you have a system? Can I help? My my daughter, who's now in seventh, finishing seventh grade, last year, I got the it's the sixth grade pool party email, which was like my worst nightmare because it was a hundred sixth graders at a backyard oh, pool. Right. And I, of course, did what my daughter is probably mortified. And I just called up the parent and said, how can I help? What are you going to have lifeguards on duty? Are you going to have adults? And I, there were lifeguards on duty. And I parked myself by the pool the entire time, much to my daughter's dismay and was a water guardian because I know that this is, I wouldn't have been able to even, she wouldn't have gone to that party if there hadn't been appropriate supervision, but we have to ask right. the questions. And, Absolutely. you know, similarly, like I'll transition really quickly into this, but you know, camps, summer camps, if your kid's going to summer camp, I usually do a Facebook live about this. So here's a tease, you know, ask the camp, call up the camp and say, Hey, are kids swimming? What are your water safety protocols? Do you swim test kids? Do you go in open water? Are your lifeguards, open water certified or waterfront trained because 
you know, watching open water is very different than watching pool water. Um, but again, it's that let's be proactive as parents, as adults, and challenge the current cultural norms and be the role models. I told that 13 year old that I was interviewed by yesterday. I'm like, I challenge you, Kendall, to be an example, to be someone who's doing something different, to wear a life jacket and change how you behave. And I think that if we start doing that and we start getting other people to do that, and we start asking the questions, this is what's gonna change our culture around water. Absolutely. And I think it's fantastic on the uh, on the water guardian and and it's kind of redundant because everybody's phone yeah. has a time has a timer. I, I once thought about making an app oh, that had, had like a, a 15 minute timer on it, you know. Okay, so Eric, don't say anything else. I'm not gonna say anything else. You and I are gonna work on a project because I've had a dream <laughs> app that we've had in the in the in the back idea board for about five years and it yeah. involves something like that. Maybe we can nice. team up because I, I it's yeah, I don't want to say it online because I don't want to give away our millions of dollars that we're going <laughs> to put into ground intervention with this app. But I, I want, I, we're on it. Let's talk about it. Perfect. I love it. So, um, man, we've been going for an hour already. Um, that's fantastic. So uh, maybe we can wrap up quickly. But what okay. are what are two what are two things that someone could do right now to help prevent drowning? Okay, one, go to collinsoap.org and yep. take our water safety quiz, and then share it on social media. Um, also. You can go and change your Facebook profile picture to the National Water Safety Month. I'm a water, be a water guardian, um, one that we have in Collins Hope. So in Facebook, yep. when you when you can go on our Facebook um, page and you can find the link to uh, to do that. But those are two simple things. They will take five minutes, and then take and share the quiz, and then change your profile picture. And people will ask you about it, and then challenge them to do it. Those are those are simple things. And the third thing, you only ask for two, and I know I think I told you to ask me for two, so I'll add a third one. Yeah. And that's just, just keep talking about water safety. Talk about it with your kids. Talk about it with your friends. Challenge challenge other people to have this conversation. And and and, and do it in honor of you know the kids. Please you know, again, this is, this is why, this is why we're doing this work and we're doing this work so that these families and these courageous families who have lost children or almost lost children to drowning and, and that they're using their courage to impact lives and save lives and honor these kids and, and, and do this and make this something that we can really shift, shift this culture of water safety. And then that's all. Have the best day ever, right? That's awesome. And uh, so, if there were some takeaway tips uh, that parents could do to make them, you know, we're getting, we're finishing up, or we're right. in the middle of May right now, and then we're headed right. into June. We're in prime pool season. Yes. You know, uh, some simple tips that uh, parents could do to keep their their kiddos safer around water. Sure, I'm going to give you actually the five. I can't do this. Five actions that are on the back of our water guardian badge. So yeah. the first one is assign an adult water guardian to constantly watch children around water. The Perfect. second is learn to swim and never swim alone. And that's anyone of all, all ages. I can swim. I've swum as far as nine miles at one time and right. I don't ever swim by myself. So mm -hmm. um, wear a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. That's the awesome. one. The fourth, you'll appreciate this one, ensure multiple, multiple barriers around water. So we're talking mm -hmm. about fences as right. um, multiple barriers. And then learn CPR and refresh your skills every year. So our friends at CPR party, Laura Metro, um, whose She's son awesome. Clay survived a non-fatal drowning, um, mm -hmm. learn CPR. It's something that everyone should have in their toolbox. And kids, you know, as young as nine or 10 can learn CPR. But um, 
why wouldn't you want to have that in your toolbox? So these Absolutely. are my five actions. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I have five. I call them five point five layers of protection, and they're they're similar. You know, yeah. you've got uh, parent supervision, um, high locks on all the doors and windows that lead to the pool. Yep. Um, a barrier between the home and the pool, like a fence, you know, that goes yep. around it. Um, alarms in the pool, warn on the child or on the doors and windows that lead to the pool. Yep. Um, swimming lessons, some kind of swim instruction, knowing how yep. to swim. And the, the point five because it's not a yeah. layer of protection, but it's important is uh, CPR. Oh, so. I love that. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. Good. That's it. Well, okay. thank you right. again for having Actually, me. Um, this was course, really it was really fun. It was really fun. Uh, any questions? Anything else you want to say before we go? No, I just want to get people. You know, just keep this keep this in front of your in front of your mind and and help us keep the message going throughout the. You know, we work 365 days a year, but especially this time when we're about to get people taking to water, you know, every single day because it's getting hotter. So thanks. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And have the best day ever. Have the best day ever. And then we're going to talk about that app. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> All That's right. Good. Later. Bye. Bye.